Hello, and welcome to another episode of May the Power Protect You, a podcast where we talk about everything that goes on with Power Rangers, including new Kickstarters for series that have yet to release, uh, characters entering the app, and, you know, just the new show that might have released recently, and just everything that goes on in the Morphin Grid. I'm one of your hosts, Joel, and with me, as always, is... Hi, I'm sorry, I can't make it to the phone right now. I'm on vacation on Venus. Please leave a message after the beep. Beep. <laughs> it's Kevin. Kudos, kudos on this one. That you know, good. it's... I, I try. <laughs> I, I, I try to keep you on your toes. I was like, well, which, where is it going to go? Which direction is it going to go? And nope, I had not considered that being the option. Good job, good job. You know, you know I try, I try. Maybe, maybe it's because it's, you know, that time of the year where we're all like, we, we need vacations. <laughs> Uh, exactly. I mean, I heard that. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, we've got quite a few things to discuss this week. Uh, interesting things, uh, which we'll get into mm-hmm. shortly. But uh, before we get started, like we do every week, we want to take a moment to encourage our listeners to find a way that you can be a hero out in the world. In the past, we've highlighted things like the Black Lives Matter movement, which is still requires support and attention. Um, and, you know, also highlighted the constant attacks upon reproductive rights and trans human rights within the u.s uh and recently we've really wanted to put a a spotlight on kind of what is going on in gaza right now with the constant israeli strikes against the palestinian people um if you want to find a way to begin learning about that or find ways that you can help in that regard we've linked a card in the last couple episodes and i'll link it here in the description of the episode it's savepalestine.card.co you know find a way that you can help if that's joining in protests safely where you can uh you know, donating money to, to organizations, relief efforts that are trusted and vetted. That's the thing we want, we need to kind of push. And, uh, you know, jo- watching streams that generate revenue for nonprofits or even just beginning the steps to educate yourself on what's going on so you can understand where things stand and what, like, what's truly happening. Uh, mm-hmm. Just find a way that you can help. Be a hero in your own way. Let's try mm-hmm. to make this world a better place. Uh, but... With that, we'll kind of get started with our topics for this week. And the first is a news item that was kind of discovered, air quotes, last week, um, but was official this week. Boom launches the Kickstarter for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers The Return. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a part of the Boom Direct Reserve initiative that they have. And the series will still be sold via standard retail. They confirmed that multiple times. Uh, Mm -hmm. But this Kickstarter allows fans to reserve limited special edition prints of the Return comic along with new print versions of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Pink miniseries that was released a couple years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, it, if you've not had a chance to look over it, like I said, there there are multiple editions of the return that you can get. There's various tiers within the Kickstarter that you can pledge and get all kinds of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, the big draw, I think, in this is that there is this like limited edition versions of both the return and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Pink that are drawn by David Mack, who is the artist that drew the Jessica Jones covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever seen the comics for Alias or Jessica Jones, they're very pretty, um, and mm-hmm. they did a, uh, they also did a great job on those covers. And there's also just like various like different ones within there. There's different like pins you can get as well, different prints. They have like trading cards that they're giving away as part of it. There's mm-hmm. just a ton of stuff with this, um, but. Did you get a chance to look at this, Kevin? What are your thoughts on this Kickstarter? I mean, we've seen Boom do this before with Power Rangers and their other comics, so it's not a surprise. Um, I mean, they also know... They've seen success with these Kickstarters before, and, you know, they've, they have they know the fans. They know that fans are going to eat this up and buy it. So, um, it's not for me. I mean, I, you know, 
I, I think the return will be a fun comic. I think it'll be interesting to see what, you know, what, what, what's being cooked up, so to speak. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's not really for me. So I'm like, I saw it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I think the, I think the reprinting of pink, uh, will be kind of nice to have for people that haven't gotten that yet. Um, and yeah, I just, it's not for me. It's weird to have this when the comic isn't released. This is my yeah. kind of big thing is like, we don't, we don't know what it is um the biggest thing that like this has revealed like they don't even have like interior art from the comics to show off which i i think is a bizarre thing to do <laughs> like i feel like you should yeah. be, you should be showing pages from the actual comic with the actual artist not mm-hmm. just putting dan mora's character art well <laughs> uh, they could have also used the art from the 30th anniversary special yeah i mean that or even just like just some kind of tease the biggest thing we've gotten from this kickstarter is the reveal that there's going to be a new green ranger that's a girl it's, it's yes. the only thing. Uh, and of course, that's led to all kinds of like stuff we're not going to talk about on this podcast, but a bunch of people doing their thing, trying to uh, make money off a person who passed. But we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah, no. But I, I I don't know. I I won't lie. <laughs> the temptation with the like hardcovers is there. Um, yeah. My big thing is it doesn't seem like the hardcovers are... My thought was that they were the same size as, like, the deluxe editions that they release, and it mm-hmm. doesn't appear that they are. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, if that's the case, I'm not as interested. I don't just want a standard hardcover version of these. If you're going to do this, I would prefer the, like, yeah larger size sprint, print with all kind of the extras. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like, like you said, I think... <laughs> much as the return is air quotes meant to be the draw i think the reprint of pink is kind of the more interesting thing because <laughs> we yeah. at least know what that was um and what yeah. that had in it Uh-oh. yeah i mean i i feel like this return series it's going to have a lot of good things to it i think it'll be a good read i think it'll be enjoyable um but yeah no i agree it is a bit off that you know they're doing this so far in advance but i think my question is if people that get this will they get it at the same time as the comic book stores get it I, I sincerely doubt it. If I'm gonna be honest, yeah. like most of these Kickstarters, take, like they don't start production until they have the money. So mm-hmm. no, like more than likely this will not. Because I think the first two issues come out in January and February of next year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So I like, think so. Yeah. Like, there's no way they're gonna get these printed within four months, especially with holidays going on around the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, like, that's true. They, there's just yeah i might that would maybe be a thing i would temper people who are interested in doing this like you know mm-hmm. if you're expecting to get this at the same time everyone else is going to be able to pick up copies for retail probably not going to happen right uh, uh but i i mean aside from like my misgivings about the return and the fact that they've not kind of shown anything really for it the other thing i'm a little bummed about is like i i get why they do these kickstarters i get essentially the idea behind this is that like they get to know how many to print mm-hmm. <laughs> like how many people paid for them is how many they'll print they won't print any more past that it's kind of like a cost saving air quotes initiative for them yeah but like the thing that kind of frustrates me a little bit is like in each of these they've had like really cool merch so it's like i kind of wish you would just sell the stuff separately yeah like some of the pins some of like the mm-hmm. prints i'm like this stuff would just be cool to have just outside of a Kickstarter. It would be wonderful. Like, you'd probably make more money if you just did that. Right. Uh, but. But that uh, would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yep. You're not wrong. But <laughs> th- this is. T- 
just it, it's fine like like you said kevin kind of the it boils down to if you're interested in it definitely go for it um get you these copies get whatever special limited version of it you want uh, if not you know hey there will be the retail copies to get as well yeah uh, but uh, any last thoughts on this kickstarter it's a kickstarter yep <laughs> uh with that side we'll move to the next topic which is legacy wars we got a new character uh ethan Yay. dino thunder blue joins the grid this week as an epic rarity defensive class fighter his attacks and combos utilize the tricera shield as part of his offense mm-hmm. uh they they are just churning out these characters it is cool that they finished the dino thunder team this is officially the only ranger that wasn't part of it yeah. <laughs> um uh i watched his trailer and i'm like looks like a standard fighter like <laughs> It's mm-hmm. cool. He has a shield, but it's just like it's nothing too special. So I don't know that I'm gonna pull for him. Yeah. Uh, but what did you think of Ethan from what you saw? I mean, it looked really cool from the video I saw. I mean, I don't really play Legacy Wars anymore, so it's yeah. like, eh. but no. Um, I really uh, I like how they use the shield and like his abilities. Like, it definitely makes sense that he's a defensive fighter. Um, yeah. and it's just cool to see. Like, I always really enjoyed out of the Dino Thunder team. Like. Ethan was always a really fun one because he was definitely a more unique take on, you know, the Triceratops idea and, like, having it focus more on, like, the defensive side of the Triceratops. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I thought it was really cool. I think it looks good. So, good luck to those trying to pull him. Exactly. Uh, I mean, the thing with Epic ones is eventually they do release them to the general public, so it's, like, maybe on those wait a little bit. Because <laughs> yeah. you'll probably be able to get them in pulls later. Um uh, but yeah. it is cool that they finished another team. Like, it's weird to think that it's pretty much like Mighty Morphin, Dino Thunder, and that's about it that they've completed. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it's cool. Uh, I'm curious, like, so I don't know if they've revealed the, like, uh, the Power Pass skin, but I, if I had to put money on it, I feel like it would be the Tricera, uh, or not Tricera, Triassic mode for Connor. That would be, like, that's... the most luck. The most logical one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be the most logical thing, or maybe an unmorphed skin for somebody. Yeah. I, I could see that too. I'd be curious yeah. who they, where they go with it. Uh, yeah. Or Zeltrax's alternate form. Oh, uh, as, yep, for Snide. Could see that. Yeah. Not wrong. That would yeah. be interesting to do. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. It's just cool to get another character. Uh, it is funny, though, on his uh, trailer drop tweet. Mm-hmm. They said that his teammates were Connor and Kia, not Connor and Kira. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> I mean, fine. after the snafu with the Death Ranger and getting their pronouns wrong, it's like, guys, come on. Just a little bit of research before we do these things. <laughs> Take like two seconds. It's it's literally a fandom link you can go read that will tell you who his teammates were. Oh, they already did. I bet. I didn't even look. I didn't see. But I'm already I'm already guaranteeing that they had like 20 tweets from people telling them they were wrong. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not mad at them because like they probably were like K name, but we're like ah, uh, like Kia and Kira, like only so far apart. The R and the Y keys are only so far apart. A keyboard could have been someone just mistyping. You know, you don't know. It's just funny. <laughs> um, but uh, any last thoughts on Ethan joining the grid? Welcome to the grid. Yep. So With that, we will move on to Power Rangers Cosmic Fury. Yay. Season 30, Episode 2, Beyond Repair.
Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode is a story by Becca Barnes, Alwyn Dale, Maya Thompson, and Cameron Dixon, with a teleplay by Maya Thompson, Alwyn Dale, and Becca Barnes, and was directed by Michael Hurst. And the short but sweet description for this one is, The Cosmic Fury Rangers prepare for a possible galactic invasion by Lord Zed, while Amel- Amelia tries to cure a ranger turned bad. Mm-hmm. Javi learns to accept his new loss. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an interesting episode in the sense that, like, it is not a typical Power Ranger structured episode. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it isn't. Like, it doesn't follow the typical structure of we introduce monster at the beginning, ranger yeah. monster, monster gets big, monster gets yeah. destroyed by Megazord. In that I mean, sense. Yeah, this is like part two. Yeah. And it, flo- well, it flows yeah. directly from the first episode in that really kind of way that I think Dino Fury did, especially towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it is definitely like a different structure for a Power Ranger episode in the sense of like we're not we're not hitting normal beats at all. Yeah. Uh, but what's interesting is, is like, it's still kind of like for the first like 75% of the episode it has the same tone as power rangers like it you know we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna save the day we're gonna like you you get a lot of the tropes of things that like we normally see in a power rangers season typically yeah but then like once you get closer to the end like it starts like twisting us on its head yeah to an extent though because the thing that i find interesting is like the core team that we're supposed to be focused on does not morph until about yeah i would say eight minutes into the episode Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, you know except izzy who has morphed at one scene but we don't see her get into that it is literally mostly just people talking for i would say roughly the first seven minutes of the episode yeah um, not in a bad way at all but just in an interesting way um so i mean is there anything like you'd want to start talking with this episode or just kind of go through i've got notes for out that a lot of my notes this episode is x is so good this was so fun <laughs> is there anything that like six that you want to start with x is so good this is so fun no um <laughs> like i think it's an interesting episode and i'm excited to take this and break it down so um i mean we begin kind of with like the episode like with like solon and billy trying to kind of comfort javi especially as they try to figure out like his new mm-hmm. arm mm-hmm. um i really I love Solon. Like that that was kind of the, yeah. the big thing from like the opening of this episode. I was just like, I yeah. love Solon. Um like they do su- they do such a good job with her. <laughs> yeah, they re- they really do. And like kudos to the Solon suit actor and to jo- Josephine Davidson for like really bringing her to life because we've had like helper ally characters like this in the past. You know, I'm thinking of like Redbot and keeper and tensu and like all these other characters that were like side characters that were allies but like they were never like fleshed out really well but like just there's something like the gravitas that josephine brings to solon that it just it works like it really really works and like even though you know this is a rubber suited character like you're just like oh like your heart goes out to her yeah and i think it helps because i josephine and i mean the writers don't write it this way but josephine also or josephine's not also not playing it this way it's not a gimmicky kind of silly character solon is has feelings has emotions Mm -hmm. as like development yeah there's full like kind of like a roundedness to her in a way that like a lot of those other characters don't get to be Mm -hmm. um but yeah i just i really like the opening scene just with the way she's comforting Javi and the way she like fangirls over billy yeah (laughs) Um, it's very funny it's very sweet um 
No, let's let's get it, let's get, let's not get it twisted. Billy fangirls over Solon. Yeah, Billy does too. Yeah, yeah so. but I mean, this is also the person that when they saw Alpha Five was like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever." Yeah, which is it's yeah, that's his character. So, um, I, kind of the next thing I had was um Lonnie, aka Doctor Arcana. I I think she does so good this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, she's uh. There's multiple points between her and Amelia throughout the episode where, like, they're going back and forth on their feelings on Ollie and whether they can cure him. Uh, and I, I just, I really want to shout out, like, Lonnie's actress. Uh, yeah. Because I think she did just such a great job with that. Yeah. Um, now, my next note is it is wild seeing Ninja Steel Red piloting a different Zord. And again, I think this is just kind of a hang on from last week of like, it's weird just seeing Ninja Steel Red because it's like, I never thought we were ever going to see you again. <laughs> and yet, here we are. Um, uh, it's also funny just the idea of Mick just getting a random sword. They're just like, here, take it. You you do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm my notes are scattered. So if there's anything you want to pause and talk mm-hmm. about, by all means. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that there's some really enjoyable moments in this episode that really do pay off, like, from what Dino Fury set up. Like, I, I really enjoy in the opening when we see, uh, you know, after Ion talks to Mick in the uh, Bear Zord, um, we see Izzy, like, morphed and, like, informing her dad, like, hey, here's what's going on. Like, here's what here's what's happening. And, like, you know, you have Jane and Jayborg, like, eating Flargon cake and, like... It, it, it's kind of meant to fill that comic role episode, but like, it, it's just always so fun. And I think this episode really does a good job of like letting us see some of the side characters from Dino Fury that we yeah. obviously won't get to see much longer, but um, I think it also was really good at world building. Like, you know, Izzy pointing out like, we've already told world leaders and relief agencies as that is coming, but we need to let Pine Ridge know too. Yeah. Because... Uh, and I mean like, yeah, it's a gimmick scene because we have Jane and Jay Ward there, but I don't think like, the, again, like the difference between previous ones is like the focus isn't them being silly and zany. They are just silly a and silly zany. and zany thing in yeah. the scene, which yeah. I think works really well. <laughs> and yeah. Like, well, and I really enjoy like the fact that like they u- they use this scene to like also build like the major conflict for this episode, which is um, Izzy and Javi and their lives, and like you know her dad pointing out like well, we can't let people worry. We can't let them panic. And so, like, I, I think this is actually a really crucial scene for the season itself because it does kind of set up Izzy's arc for the entire season. Yeah, um, it does. And so I think uh, it's just, it, it's really good. Like, it just reminds me of, like, how well fleshed out and developed, like, the Dino Fury secondary cast is as, as a whole, which is, for us to say that for a Power Rangers season, I mean, we didn't think we'd be able to say that for a while, so... Yeah, I mean, what's a recurring character to most of these seasons? <laughs> like, if you watch right. any Disney season, there's a character that shows up one episode, you are never seeing that character again. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a question about the yeah. scene that popped into my head while we are watching. I was like, mm-hmm. so, does the public know that Ion is an alien? Or do they think it's just a gimmick of the restaurant? No, I think they know, because remember, um, the Rafconians are now on Earth. They now live in... Um... Area 62, was it? Was it Area 62? Yes. I can't remember. So, my... Okay. My question is, do they know Amelia is a Rafconian? <laughs> that I don't know for certain yet. But I, I think Rafconians are com- common knowledge in Pine Ridge, at least. Um, okay. Because they know what Flarkon Cake is. Like, Ion has the antenna out around them. Like... Yeah. 
but my, my my thing is like I was like, well, you could hand wave that they they think it's just a a thing he does. It's just the gimmick for what he sells. Yeah, He's just created. This, yeah, I just like. I don't. I don't know that that's ever been explicitly stated. So it was just I, when I watched the episode, I was like, "Huh, that that does lead to some questions of like, hmm, how does but, that work?" But I think it's implied because you know we had like the Rafconian quote unquote invasion at the end of season two, and yeah. obviously if they're living in Pine Ridge now, like the public saw the Rafconians fighting with the Rangers, like they probably had to set that up. And now that I think about it, I mean, I don't. I don't think this was intentional, but it's also a good like hand wave and signal wave to uh the idea that you know aliens live on earth in 2025 so like well we get a yeah yeah yeah, explicit one later uh, which we'll talk about in that episode but yeah yeah but i think just it's just a little vague on this side because it does impact characters it's kind of my thought is like you know you have amelia you have zato you have ion you know obviously zato and ion are less impacted but it's like amelia throws a life and they all know her and it's like Actually, no, I'm remembering now. I think in the finale of Dino Fury, like, I think either Jane or Jay Borg mentions something about Ion being an alien. Okay. okay. So, yeah, they okay. know. They okay. know. I'll have they to go know. back and... I'm, I'm going to have to go back and look now after this so I can make sure, but I remember... Yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think you're right. I vaguely remember this as well. It's just... It's a... It, for me, was a sticking point of, like, hold on. If they know him, like, this, again, we do, we do live in Power Rangers world where they can't figure out who the colored teens are that they're the heroes like but like it's still a thing of like if you if you put the thread that ion is an alien it has to kind of start to unravel some other things <laughs> and i'm like i just we're never gonna deal with it that's not a thing the show's ever gonna deal with it's just a thing i thought was interesting just just remember when something strange happens a morphin master did it and that that is often true actually Wait, <laughs> we can't use that anymore uh-oh <laughs> it's a hey, we weren't wrong we were correct technically so yeah <laughs> i mean you know it's fine it's fine um everything's fine everything's wonderful um but uh so we then get kind of the big moment with like lord zed and Scullia and bajillia like them doing the whole thing where we find out what the kind of thrust of what's happening this episode um essentially dewdrip is not dead he has stolen squillia's uh squidrill and is going to go to earth on his own and lord mm-hmm. said's like cool so i'm gonna let him do it and if he succeeds hey i'll kill him and take the credit and if not yeah i'll just go yeah. and do it myself yeah <laughs> what what a like just again the the writing for zed since he's been back has like been so good like credit to becca and Alwyn and the writing team because like they they get what lord zed is like they he's an opportunist he's you know he's sarcastic he's petty like i really enjoy this version of zed because it feels like a very strong blend of his season two and season three selves like he can be sassy and funny but he's also very deadly yeah and and um i have the note for later on um I am hot and cold on Lord Zed's new voice actor for Cosmic Fury. Yeah. I do think they are doing the best they can to mimic like Robert Axelrod's cadence and also, you know, well, mimic what the person did before. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it doesn't always hit the way you want it to. I think it, when it does hit, it does. But there's just every now and then it's yeah. like, oh, okay, we're just, it's kind of yeah. scratchy, scratchy kind of voice. Um, I do wish the one thing I wish they would have done more with him is uh, a thing that Robert Axelrod did that was great. It's just the, like, every now and then throwing in just a maniacal laugh. And I kind of wish they could have figured out how to get that in yeah. more with him. Um, 
Yeah, but I, mean, I do. <laughs> the, one of the best lines from this scene. It's not a Lord Zed line. It's a Scalia <clears throat> line where they're like chastising her for yeah. getting her squid drill stolen, and she's like, "Mom says locks are for poor people." <laughs> and I'm like, "Which?" <laughs> and again, that's and I think Squilia and Bajilia both get really good lines in this episode. Like I remember um, when Inkworth is like giving uh, Bilia a Bajilia, um, yeah, Bajilia giving Bajilia a um, manicure, and she's like, "Careful, those nails cost more than you do." <laughs> and i was like like it's just it's so fun like i i think again like the use of like this corporation as like the backdrop of the villains for this season is it, it allows for some fun interactions and it gives us like because we've seen zed as like an evil emperor before but we've never seen him as an evil catal- capitalist so and he slots perfectly <laughs> in and i mean it also gives him that like squat and babu character that you need kind of to bounce off of him. yeah <laughs> like in that sense uh, yeah so I, I think it's good to have them there mm-hmm. um we then get another conversation between like lonnie and amelia all about ollie uh, the big takeaway here is like air quotes the poison has corrupted his ranger energy yeah. um uh <laughs> and I, I again i just i think both uh Lonnie's actress and Hunter as Amelia do a really great job of like at any moment in these scenes in this episode, mm-hmm. one of them is lifting the other up. Yeah. Um, you know, if Lonnie may be down about Ollie, Amelia lifts her up, Amelia's down about Ollie, Lonnie mm-hmm. lifts her up. It's just mm-hmm. a really good moment between the two of them, and I think they both play off one another really well. Yeah, the chemistry um, is really strong. Yeah. Uh, we then move on to is the infern and we get like the cutest little scene between this couple mm-hmm. <laughs> uh except for the fact that izzy keeps lying to fern it's just like so it's the big tv problem that if izzy just told fern what was going on fern would understand but uh izzy of course can't because she's been told by her father uh when she was talking to him earlier yeah. that not to make the people worry <laughs> yeah so well that's yeah, well, and I think too, like we have to consider this, like the Dino Fury Rangers, like they've they've won a lot of fights. They've done the impossible, and like even in episode, like the last episode with Izzy and some of the others, like you see them like at the peak of their confidence of like, oh, we've got this, we can do this, like, um, yeah. And so I think in Izzy's mind too, Izzy was ultimately like, yeah, he'll come to Earth, we'll stop him. That's what we always do, like. Yeah, there's just like it's just uh, there is like it's a. A lot of the scene is just setting up kind of Izzy's, yeah, Inferns arc a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and we'll see how that plays out. Um, definitely have some thoughts on that, but mm-hmm. um, and I just again, but this seems really cute. I like how both of them interact with each other. They both yeah. play well. Um, they do really great as a couple. There's the cute little cheek kiss that I I love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's just adorable, cute lesbianism. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so we then get kind of Javi getting his arm in the like, first seed. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. So I know kind of the one of the things we've been kind of told by Simon is like, obviously, they couldn't play off like Javi losing his arm is like this huge negative. But I do like that they are playing with this episode, at least Javi having grief about it and being frustrated. Mm-hmm. And he's not like by, like by any means, like super depressed about it, but he, he is allowed to have kind of the sadness about it this like moment of loss yeah um, or something um and i do really think they play it well um it's not heavy-handed by any means i mean he's not overacting in any kind of way they allow yeah. chance to kind of play the frustration of it really well yeah there's a uh, there's a lot of like gravitas to it um yeah and i 
I, I think like they did a really good job of balancing like they they didn't want to downplay it, but they also had to do it in a way that was downplayed. Um, so yeah, no, I think it was really impressive how they went about it. Yeah, it's it's downplayed, but it's never the intensity of the situation isn't lost. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah, like the or the seriousness of the situation is never lost. It's it's not. It's still there's still something there for that character to play with. There's still something important to that character. So I I, I do think they've done a good job with mm-hmm. that in this episode, especially with mm-hmm. what's going on with it, uh, with Javi. Um, essentially, what occurs next is Dewdrip shows up with the squid drill in the area. The Rangers are like, well, let's go take the fight to them before they get to Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the wonderful rudder of jokes of um. You know, obviously they're like, well, we're one ranger down. Billy's like, hey, I can fight. I'm so happy to join the younger generation. And Ion's yeah. like, mm, technically, you're the younger generation. <laughs> yeah. I I love this like whole bit of Ion having to be claim he's older than Billy. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've had like time displaced rangers before as well. And so like it's it's always fun, like kind of, you know, I'm sure like that's also like a lo- lovely little nod to like the writer's room and them figuring out like, well, how, mo- how old are they really like it's it's that age old argument of like, well, if you were suspended, doesn't that mean like you're technically this old? And like um, there's a lot of fun that's have at that moment. And I think it's a really it, it, it gives, you know, just a good moment for them to play off of. So and we also know Ion is a little bit of like if you challenge him he's going to fight <laughs> like he's stubborn we've seen, yes we've seen that in his character um we've definitely that's a thing that's happened before so it's not surprising that he would fight on that um and so we get a sword fight and this starts one of my slight beefs with uh cosmic fury <laughs> mm-hmm. uh in the sense of like um other than amelia all the other rangers will be in whatever zord they need at the time which i understand but the thing that bothers me is they never stay consistent with what sword a ranger will go to which i understand why yeah but it does bother me slightly (laughs) i mean but that's the point of the zords any ranger can use them i know but it bothers me so much whenever it's like the green sword is there but izzy's not at the green sword it's like well but she's she's there y'all could put her in there <laughs> i mean they could. it's dumb it's nitpicky but it bothers me <laughs> i mean that's that's fair um but i didn't and, and i can't explain to you why but it's, it's a sword fight they kill Dewdrip. he's gone the greatest scene is like uh when he's dying in the uh squid drill and he's just like you're gonna be so in trouble, Lord Zed's right behind, and then he like turns to look and gets blown up and realizes he's gonna die alone. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no one is immune. Mm, exactly. Yeah, which I, I think that's also like a really interesting thing is that um I think in past Power Ranger seasons they would have tried to use this as like the oh we destroyed him, so Ollie's cured now moment, but they actually don't go that route, which was kind of refreshing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, and we get kind of I, kai getting to play evil which is wonderful i think <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no, no i think kai really gets to enjoy that and like it, it's kind of like a, a good start to what we're going to be seeing for the season and i think it gives him something different to play mm-hmm. um rather than being just a know-it-all all the time or being really excitable i think it allows kai to have something fun to play as an actor which i really like for him as ollie um and uh there's this now there's this big scene that introduced Chekhov's button for the, the episode um yeah because 
Izzy almost goes tumbling into a giant red button and they're like, hey, this button hasn't been pressed in 65 million years. And it's like, well, that's not ominous at all. That's not a thing that's going to come up ever again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then we get kind of like uh, Dr. Arcana and Amelia talking about, oh, well, they figured out what they might be able to do to cure Ollie that's got to deal with his um, mm-hmm. Dino Hinge statue. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a great moment with like as they're discussing this where uh Amelia's like, Oh well when your dad was evil or someone's yeah. discussing essentially when Tarek was evil, and Billy's like, Hold on, who all's been evil now? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a funny moment because it's like one of the it's like one of those um tropes in a TV show when like they're recapping what's happened and like you realize like, Oh, this is all really messed up. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, also, it's like when the X Men they're like, "Did so and so die? Now they're back. It's fine. It's cool. It's kind of that whole idea." And it's also like Billy, two of your teammates were technically evil, so <laughs> like, you're, mm-hmm. you're this isn't new for you. <laughs> yeah, one of them was evil like twice. Yeah, and like let's like count the multiple times they've been brainwashed and various other things. Uh, so Billy, Billy was evil. Obsessed. Yep, he has been. This is true. Um. But so essentially the plan gets hatched that they're going to try and uh, do something with the Tricera statue to try to purge Ollie. Um, they do realize that Zed isn't coming, though, so they put it under an invisible dome mm-hmm. uh, and keep an eye out for Sentinels. Uh, as they're doing it, though, great line again, uh, whenever Billy goes to fight uh, Sentinels that show up, uh, Ion has the line of, look at that young man go. Yeah. So good. And just also seeing the MMPR blues suit just fighting especially with the like lances is Mm -hmm. never will get old for me so good (laughs) yeah um i did want to also call out so in this scene uh as they're doing everything uh fern shows up and gets confronted by sentinel sentinels and in order to stop that javi morphs and goes down to help her um in the course of the fight, though, Javi does not have control of his arm and is losing control. I want to shout out the voice actor playing uh, the Dino Fury Black Ranger at this moment because they do such a good job with the arm and yeah. it losing control and them trying to control it. it uh, that's a really challenge. It sounds like an easy thing to do from an acting perspective, but it's really difficult to do and make look mm-hmm. convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really want to shout out that suit actor for doing such a great job with that little bit of uh, scene play. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and uh, so in the course of things, you know, obviously Izzy loses control of the Invisi portal that drops. Uh, Zed is able to find where they are. He blows up all of their Dino Hinge statues except for Ollie's. Yep. Uh, and there's this really great moment um, when uh, Doctor Arcana crawls out to Ollie because she's like wanting to like get yeah. him and go and then he's like no you have to go get yeah. far away from here and it is probably one of the more heartbreaking moments in this episode because you can just see yeah. that actress like really pain that she can't save her son and has to yeah. like go away yeah um, well and it really okay. like flips it flips the typical power of tropes on their head because you know we got ollie evil last season it was resolved in one episode like yeah like it i think that's the whole like i think this crux like right when the shield goes down that's when we start seeing this episode get turned on its traditional tropes and head. Yeah. And for sure. And we'll keep talking about that as we go. But yeah, no, I think I think the actress for Lonnie, she did such a good job of like portraying that and like I, I think that it's just it was really well done. 
Yeah, and, and it's it's a quick moment, but it is like a really heartbreaking moment. And, yeah. and again, leads some gravitas to what is going on. Yeah. Um, in addition to just kind of everything else that happens in that scene. But obviously, all the Dino Hinge statues are gone. All of the Rangers lose their connections to the Dino Fury powers. Yeah. Um, and the Rangers barely escape into the base below. Um, and it begins getting attacked by a squid drill. And I do really want to shout out another thing, like the set design, when the base goes into crisis mode. And we have, like, everything flashing, all of the different air going off, like, uh, fence blowing out. That's a really cool look. Like it looks great. Yeah. Um, no, uh, like the the lighting and the direction and like the, the filmography and the sound all come together really well in this scene. Yeah, it's a, it's really well done. Like I, I want to just like again give cast and crew a huge shout out. I think they did a great job with that moment. Yeah. Um, and hey, that button that we were told hasn't been pressed in sixty five million years gets pressed. <laughs> um, mm hmm. This teleports the rangers away to a far distant planet uh, where it's it takes them to the closest or the furthest habitable planet in the solar in like the yeah. nearest one of the nearest galaxies. And um, we're told that they're 65 million light years away from their planet or 35 million light years away from the planet. Um, but they're stranded. It's a one way trip. Yeah. The rangers now have no place to go. Yeah. Um, and here starts the great ascent of Amelia as a leader. Yeah, uh, because she takes a moment, you know, using what Lonnie had kind of told her earlier. Let's look at the facts. She lays everything out for everyone. And it's this really great rallying moment. And yeah. again, it's just that kind of start of building Amelia as the leader of this team. Yeah. Um, and Hunter plays it wonderfully. I I think that goes without saying, but Hunter does a great job yeah. with this line. I think she really sells it. Yeah, she um, does. And just as things are starting to look bright uh we get <laughs> fern delivering the dramatic last line of the episode as she scolds everyone freaking out a little bit at what's going on yeah yeah um uh, what a way to end an episode yeah no, i mean <laughs> like it's just the whole the feeling of desperation like right before the end and then like kind of getting smacked in the face of the fern reveal is just so good um yeah and I think, you know, th this episode just does a really good job of, like, hitting the reset button, so to speak. Like, I, I think Zed destroying their powers and, like, the feeling of isolation and desperation they have. Like, it just really comes together to make this really strong episode. Yeah, and it puts the Rangers on a really interesting back foot that we don't get <laughs> in episode two of a season yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. Um Obviously, circumstances dictated this with it being only 10 episodes, but it's, it's a really good place to have the characters in an interesting place. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we'll talk about where that heads in further episodes, but it's a really... I, I really did, like... I remember when watching it, I was like, okay, this is cool. This is exciting. This is a fun place to have the characters at. Yeah. Um, especially because, like, I mean, we know the Cosmic Fury powers are coming because it's kind of in the name and it's in all the marketing but it is one of those things that like okay well but how do we get yeah. from where we are now to there um yeah and i think that's really exciting to me at least yeah which i mean also like when we look at other seasons that introduced new powers or new abilities like at least in the neo saban era um it it's always really rushed you know like yeah like i think back to like um 
megaforce and like the super megaforce transition and like while they did do a good job of like the first few minutes of that episode like they just hand waved everything and was like here you go here's new powers like it they're taking the time to develop this idea that like hey they lost this but they're gonna be okay yeah it's a lot of previous power just immediately undoes the thing that they set up usually it's like any kind of status quo can't stay status quo for very long it's gotta always revert back to the main thing yeah Um, well and it's funny too because dino fury did the revert the status quo thing but they don't get to do that again now so yeah, I mean, that, that is actually a great example. Dino Fury literally did that in their, in their season one finale. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, any other last thoughts? Um, I know this episode had a ton of callbacks for the entire show <laughs> mm-hmm. across it. Uh, just all kinds of, like, why, like, you can tell they're like, hey, we've got this. We'll, we'll reference this thing. Yeah. So it was, it's very, very fun in that regard, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but any other thoughts on Beyond Repair? A very strong episode, and it continues that rising streak of this season. So, yep, yep, for sure. And we'll definitely get to discuss some fun stuff coming up soon. So mm-hmm. I am excited. Um, but uh, with that, that'll wrap up our episode for this week. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can hit us up on twitter for while we're still there at may the power pod mm-hmm. or if you want to hit us up on blue sky which is where we're kind of moving to we're on there as may the power pod dot bsky dot social uh, if you want to send us an email you can email us at may the power pod at gmail.com uh, feel free to send topic ideas you know praise criticism things you want us to do better or let us know if you're interested in coming on as a guest host mm-hmm. uh, again i got to talk to some people because i i I gotta look at the episodes and figure out when we'd want people but there are definitely some ones coming up that i'd like to have some uh other voices we'll say on about them (laughs) Uh, but if you want to find me you can find me on most social media at thespis punk and where can they find you kevin you can find me on most socials at bridge mt at bridge mt3 whatever it may look like yep you'll get to see him showing off his shinies that he's been catching (laughs) <laughs> don't hate the player hate the game uh, yeah i mean you're not wrong in that regard <laughs> that's fine uh but uh you know again thank you to your listeners for joining us for checking us out mm-hmm. for getting to hear us talk about everything uh, and with that as always may, may the, the power, power protect, protect you, you.